Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics. On Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today we're joined again by Willie from the Borealis Paddling Club. So jumping right into it, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Alex. Uh, yeah, my name is Willie and uh, I'm serving right now as the president on the board for the Borealis Paddling Club. Awesome. And what is the Borealis Paddling Club for those that don't know? For those that don't know, the Borealis Paddling Club has been around since 2006 and it was started by Darren Zandi and a number of other paddling enthusiasts. We actually started out as the Borealis Canoe Club and they were canoeing enthusiasts specifically but uh, we've always been very welcoming and a few years ago we uh, combined forces with the kayaking club and so now we're the paddling club and we uh, support recreational <laughs> paddling in Wood Buffalo in canoes, kayaks and stand-up paddle boards too. Awesome and actually coming up on June 26 is National Canoe Day. Kind of what does that mean? What's the purpose? What's the history behind it? <laughs> yeah, so June 26th is my favorite day of the year besides Christmas, and that's because it's National Canoe Day, like you said. So it's uh, it's a fairly new uh, sort of uh, holiday, if you will. The National Canoe Museum in Ontario actually put the day together uh, not too many years ago in anticipation of they were going to be moving into a new facility, and they wanted a day to celebrate the canoe as a sort of national symbol and icon, and since then it's taken on shape and grown and it's celebrated all over Canada. Awesome. Do you know some of the history about the canoe either here in Canada or especially in the RMWB? Absolutely, yeah. So the canoe, you know, is quite a ubiquitous symbol. I think everybody uh, recognizes the canoe. Um, it has a lot of history. Really pleased to see um, all around the city this year, the city has got these beautiful canoe-shaped planters. So um, that really, um, you know, made me excited. But the canoe uh, has been around probably as long as people have been around. Uh, water has always been uh, a really important connection for humans, uh, not only as just a, a way to relax and ground yourself, but also it was just really um, convenient. It was, you know, the waterways were the original ways to get around. The original, you know, they attracted wildlife and plants and all sorts of things we needed to live. So uh, around the world, you know, and on the west coast of Canada, people may be familiar with the dugout canoe where they would take a giant log and, and literally carve it out into a hollow object that would float. And then uh, from there, all across Canada is uh, very common is the birch bark canoe. And so the birch bark canoe is uh, was created by the indigenous peoples uh, from the materials of the land as a way to interact with the land. And these canoes take different shapes and forms. If you go to the east coast, for example, the people who first lived there would have built birch bark canoes that were long and, uh, well, they, they would work well in the ocean. So they would resemble more of a kayak, honestly. Uh, they could cut through big ocean waves. However, uh, more into the interior of Canada, birch bark canoes look a lot like the canoes we recognize today and that's because they were made without uh, much of a keel and quite a bit of rocker meaning the ends of the canoes tipped out of the water which made them really maneuverable and great for rivers and rapids and the, uh, you know the topography that we're familiar with today and so when settlers came to Canada they saw these canoes and well they saw how useful they were and um, they began to adopt the use of them as well the Hudson's Bay Company used them and they started making them out of cedar cedar in 
canvas. And that is where we get the kind of typical red Canadian canoe icon from. They were made to remodel after a birch bark canoe from different materials. And then from there, I mean, the fur trade goes on. Uh, the canoe begins to make a bit of an impact in Fort McMurray. Uh, as uh, settlers and explorers come this way, they, they bring with them these versions of the canoe they had. And uh, so anywhere from the Methy Portage on the Clearwater River, where Peter Pond, sort of like this really fiery guy uh, who actually probably killed a few people, but never got convicted for it, came across that way. We have Sir John Franklin, who comes up the Athabasca, and, you know, mapping the way. He's the first one to note the bitumen in our riverbanks, that sort of thing. And so it, it becomes a very important part of the fur trade and kind of early uh commerce in Canada. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, once the fur trade dies out and we start to have trains and roads, the canoe falls out of Canadian memory a little bit, except for a few people who really start to see it as more of a recreational. So nowadays, we don't use the canoe for trade. We use it as a tool to connect with land and water and history. And that's the canoe we have today. It becomes a complicated symbol a little bit because at its heart, it's something that belongs to the Indigenous people of Canada. And it's a symbol that's been co-opted and it's no coincidence that at the same time uh, the Indian Act was in full force and uh, residential schools were being built that recreational canoeing was becoming popular in settler Canada. So it's something we have to keep in mind that you know this is not actually something that's ours it's a gift that's been given to us and that by canoeing we can pursue the act of reconciliation connecting with land and water and giving credit where credit's due. It's like we were kind of talking about before when you came in with the whole connecting with land it's like when you're out you see garbage when you're out and you pick it up and I think that's the big part of like connecting with the land and keeping your eyes out and open for that kind of stuff. We're joined by Willie from the Borealis Paddling Club to talk about National Canoe Day coming up on June 26th. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined by Willie from the Borealis Paddling Club to talk about National Canoe Day coming up on June 26th. Like you were saying, it is one of the symbols in Canada and it was given to us by the Indigenous people. What's kind of the history? Do you know the history of the Indigenous people with the canoe a bit more? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's going back to that, that birch bark canoe. So okay. it's a tool they would have used to travel along the waterways and again every there's not like a canoe like in our minds we probably all picture like the typical red Canadian canoe but what's neat about the canoe is that indigenous groups actually all over the world have their own versions of uh, craft that they paddle in the water it's low impact it uh, uses what comes off the land in a holistic and beautiful way and uh, what's amazing now is that you know you're seeing groups across Canada where the canoe is actually being used as a tool for reconciliation and indigenous groups are saying no this is actually something that is ours and this is the way that we connect to land and water and they're reclaiming that part of culture and um, we want to do everything we can to really um, support that and uh, amplify that. For sure. And then jumping a bit more into the actual sport, what are some of the benefits with it? You said kind of low impact, getting to see the land, but do you have anything else that you really love about it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I moved for McMurray for a job like everyone else and we, we came from, you know, uh, the part of Alberta where it's a lot of hiking. The hiking is how you get out and explore and start to realize pretty quick although kudos to the hiking club there's some good hiking around here but 
This place was made for canoeing. Uh, it was made for exploring by water. We have historic waterways, uh, everything from major corridors like the Athabasca River to smaller rivers like the Hanging Stone or the Muskeg that are a lot of fun and have some white water and that sort of thing. And it was a trip on the Muskeg that a friend took me on where, you know, I saw eagles and beavers and uh, wildlife and, you know, fish jumping out of the water and, you know, this idyllic scene. And I was like, wow, this is what Fort McMurray is really like, connecting to the land in a really sort of vulnerable way like when a wave splashes over the front of your canoe and soaks you you realize how powerless you really are uh, and and how much you know the land means to you and I think especially in like this last month with the fire ban where you know we can't explore using uh, you know quads or ATVs and we have to be careful we have to realize that we need to care for the land and sometimes that means okay I can't have a campfire campfires are so fun but there are other ways to explore the land and I'm a big advocate for paddling especially because it means we can, I mean, you can take a canoe from your backyard in Fort McMurray and you can go all the way to the Arctic Ocean if you really wanted to. Or you get to Fort Chippewan, you turn right, paddle along the bank, and suddenly you're in one of the largest inland sand dune systems in Canada. The canoe can get you places no other vehicle can. It's, it's I mean, Canada was designed around the canoe for a good reason. It, it works. I mean, kind of, I guess you're saying like Fort Chippewan, they're only accessible by boat or plane currently in the summertime. So it's like you really can just canoe up there. It's a lot easier than trying any other way to get up there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, in, and in doing so, you are moving, you know, at a really slow pace. And that's one of the benefits of it. You know, uh, for example, if, if I'm going through the Birchwood Trails, I can hop on my e-bike, uh, being sensitive and respectful, keeping it at a good speed. But I can get from, you know, here to the grocery store in 15 minutes. No problem. It seems, you know, it's a good way to get around. But then if I'm skiing in the winter and I'm moving a little slower, oh, I notice a few more things. The way, you know, I move through here is a stand of spruce and then here's some birch. And, but then in the summer, when I slow down completely and I just walk, I start to be able to notice wild strawberries, raspberries, you know, uh, woodpeckers and squirrels and wildlife. Moving slowly allows you in, to encounter the land in almost a way that's like a meditation. It, uh, it grounds you and that's the benefit of paddling it's slow exploration it's reconnecting with the land and the water and the history that means so much to us yeah you actually have a part from a book you'd like to read that kind of talks about how much paddling really means would you like to share that sure absolutely so I'm, I'm a big fan um, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with John Muir who has some you know sort of famous uh, Pinteresty type quotes about nature he was a you know a uh, naturalist uh, and, and environmental advocate but actually one of my favorites one of his colleagues was a guy named Sigurd Olson, and uh, and he was Canadian, big uh, Czech, although he did spend most of his time in Minnesota. But uh, he has some great writing about the canoe, and, and here's one of my favorite bits. The way of a canoe. The movement of a canoe is like a reed in the wind. Silence is part of it, and the sounds of lapping water, bird songs, and wind in the trees. It is part of the medium through which it floats. The sky, the water, the shores. A person is a part of their canoe, and therefore part of all it knows. The instant they dip a paddle, they flow as it flows, the canoe yielding to its slightest touch, responsive to every whim and thought. The paddle is an extension of the arm, and the arm is part of the body. Skiing down a good slope with the snow just comes close to it with the lightness of near flight and translating of even a whisper of a wish into swift action. There too is a sense of harmony and oneness with the earth. But to the canoeist, there is nothing that compares with the joy that they know when a paddle is in their hand. 
I really like that. We're joined by Willie from the Borealis Paddling Club to talk about National Canoe Day coming up on June 26th. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined by Willie from the Borealis Paddling Club to talk about National Canoe Day coming up on June 26th. Because, I mean, for me, like, when I, I don't really canoe or paddle a lot, I, like, go out on my boat sometimes when I'm at my cabin. But, like, I went canoeing down the Myra River in Cape Breton Island, yeah. like, with my family one time. And, yeah, like, just the slowing down, taking in the nature, and, like, you were kind of seeing saying like you see way more like the fish jumping out of the water the like animals on the side and coming from calgary where we hike a lot you don't really see that which is weird like it's a lot of the animals are more hidden and it's like when you go down the river it's like well of course they're coming right there to drink you see everything (laughs) absolutely and it's a whole new perspective even just like coming down the clear water you put in at the boat launch and you come back to the sty you see downtown from a new perspective you realize that a stone's throw from the apartments is like a beaver's home you know you can watch a beaver building their home in front of you if you're lucky you might see like the cute little beaver babies paddling by and i mean this is their home too and you get to witness that that's super cool do you have any disadvantages struggles stuff like that you may face with canoeing or paddling absolutely so uh paddling you know like anything is a skill and it's super accessible it is not that hard to get started and i think we'll talk about that in a bit but i do want to caution you know it's important to know your limits super calm uh sni at sunset perfect uh it's a beginner friendly activity but if you're out on gregoire lake for instance uh on a windy day well suddenly there's a lot of risk there or if you're on a river that's above um you know what you're capable of paddling there there are skills and things you need to learn to be safe and uh, i mean water levels too like right now if you look out to the hanging stone it is in flood the city is advising you to stay away from the riverbanks and they are right it's easy for something to go wrong fast if you're in over your head so uh do your research paddle with other people who are good at paddling who can teach you uh, watch weather watch water levels be aware of the hazards take a canoeing class Uh, you know there are ways to mitigate those risks and make it safe and fun for sure and how would someone get involved if they're new to it any tips or tricks do you have anything within the paddling club that you guys actually offer yeah absolutely so I mean my first tip and trick is just to try it but maybe it seems intimidating but don't worry uh, try a way that is comfortable for you if a stand-up paddleboard you think is most approachable try that if you want to be independent and not reliant on someone else maybe a kayak where you're alone in your boat but maybe you're also really nervous and having someone in a boat would be helpful to you well then find someone who has a canoe and sit in the front of it and you know they can teach you the strokes and it's you know your life is a little bit in the hands of someone else which maybe you want but uh, the the paddling club does offer pretty much every Wednesday night with a few exceptions during the summer we're at the SNI for a beginner friendly paddle that's the best way to do it we have all the equipment we have canoes uh, paddles life jackets all the safety gear and uh, volunteers who are happy to teach you how to paddle so that's the quickest and frankly cheapest uh, as well Um, you know you could uh, look for a class uh, beyond adventures YMM to give them a out offers uh, classes locally or um, if you look at Paddle Alberta um, or Paddle Canada there are organizations that offer classes uh, all over so uh, definitely get those skills in and have some fun 
Good to know. And then actually for National Canoe Day, is Borealis Paddling Club hosting anything for that? Absolutely. We're going to celebrate that day. Why not? It's our day. It's our day in the year. So for the early birds, we're going to start the day at 6 a.m. Uh, down at the SNI, uh, we will load up our trailer with some canoes and boats and we will uh, do a shuttle. So that means that we will uh, drive the canoes up the Clearwater River and paddle back down and make sure there's a vehicle at either end. Uh, we'll choose uh, how far we go based on when everyone needs to get to work. We'll do a short section if we need to but hopefully we can get a good section in so uh, sunrise paddles you know it's a, a struggle to get out of bed but it's my favorite uh, usually and you bring some treats and some coffee maybe some donuts and make a good time of it uh, flipping towards the evening at 6 p.m. we'll meet at the SNI for one of those beginner friendly paddles so actually it's a if maybe National Canoe Day is your day to get into a canoe for the first time or for the first time in a while come down to the SNI at 6 p.m. Uh, and then at the conclusion of our paddle there uh, we are going to have a social event. So we're going to show a classic paddling film by Canadian canoeist and filmmaker Bill Mason uh, and um, we're going to just relax at the end of the day. So if you're looking for details for any of those events, if you want to sign up, you just go to borealispaddlingclub.com backslash events and it's all there. Awesome. And where can we find all the info? Like you said, the website, do you also have social media or anything like that? Absolutely. So we, we do, yeah, the website is the best place. Uh, in addition to the events page, there's all the information for signing up to be a member, uh, as well as uh, links to our, we have quite a collection of actually maps uh, with information on them. So if you're like, oh, I wonder about this lake or this river, chances are we actually have information on it and you can check that out as well as, you know, what to bring, what to pack, all that sort of information is there. And then, yeah, we do have social media. So we're just on Facebook. The best place to find us is our Facebook group, uh, Borealis Paddling Club. Uh, it's a public group. Uh, anyone can join. And uh, the benefit of that is that there's a wealth of knowledge there. Um, if uh, one of us doesn't get back to you right away, if there's not a club event happening on a day, but you still want to connect with another paddler, that's the place to do it. Awesome. And is there anything else about your organization, Canoe Day, anything about canoeing in general you want to push out to the public? You know, I think I've said it, and I think I said it last time we talked to, but just try it. Why not? You know, some people are intimidated, I think, by the outdoors. Uh, trust me, with a good hat and some bug spray and a friend to take uh, you along and show you the ropes, there's nothing to fear. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, whether it's paddling or hiking or biking, getting out in a low impact way and, you know, have some fun, uh, reconnect with the land and water and nature and history. Definitely take in the nice weather before the snow flies. <laughs> That's right. Winter will be here before you know it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in, Willie, and I wish you the best on National Canoe Day. Thank you, Alex. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.